right. Well, good morning. So, how many of you guys watch sports? Like, a few of you. Okay, so, any of you guys watch basketball ever? A few of you. Okay, so, I love, I grew up watching NBA. I loved NBA. When I was watching the NBA, you had rookies were Kobe Bryant, and we all know what Kobe Bryant did. He won a bunch of championships and one of the greatest players ever. So, I was, I've been watching NBA for years, and now I don't watch it as much. I just wait till they get to the playoffs and then watch it because I'm like, I ain't going to waste, you know, 70-plus games. I'm just going to wait until uh, they get to the playoffs and then I can watch it. So I love watching it, and last year I was watching it. And, you know, every now and then I'll go to YouTube or I'll go to ESPN and watch the, the highlights. You know, you, you always love watching the highlight things. And so I was – I played basketball as a high schooler, and my coach always – said one thing to me, and I'm not going to tell you what that is now. I'll wait till I get done with this, but you got, I'm going to keep you on the edge of your seats for this. Um, but I was watching the, the highlights, and when you watch a sports highlight, do they ever show, like, okay, say you watch uh, football highlights. Do they ever show the highlights of the guy hiking the ball? No, they show the highlight of the guy catching the ball in the end zone, catching it or barely on the line. He's got both feet in, in, in the line, and it's a touchdown. They win the game. That's the highlights. In the NBA, they don't show you um, the guy passing the ball as a highlight. They show you the guy catching it, you know, last second, three-pointer, wins the game, or a, a really cool dunk, or, you know, just something cool. They don't show you the little things. They don't show you the small things in those games. They don't show – okay, so – what my coach told me was this. He goes, it's not the three-pointers, it's not the dunks, it's not the cool passes, it's not that highlight reel that wins games. What do you think he said wins games? It's the little things. It's the, it's the f he goes, it's the free throws that win games. He goes, if you can make your free throws, you'll win games most of the time. If it's a close game and you make your free throws, you will win a game. But you don't ever see highlight reels on ESPN of guys making free throws. You know, 12 shots of some guy standing at the line doing this. You don't see that. You might see one or two at the, as that is the winning point of the game. But mo majority of the time, most of the time, you're going to see all the cool things you want to see. You don't ever see a, a you don't ever get a rookie card of Michael Jordan him shooting a free throw. You see him in the air dunking the ball. You know, and so it's it made me start to think. I was watching some things and I was like, man, these highlight reels are really good. But you don't see the little things that added up to these highlight reels. You don't see the, the little things that added up to the, the win that they had in their season or in that game. And nobody wants to watch tw 12 minutes of free throw highlights. Nobody wants to. I don't want to. You know, it, it's, it's great, and they win. But those little things are kind of boring sometimes, aren't they? Like, nobody wants to watch 12 minutes of, of ESPN highlights of a free throw. You're just like, why am I watching this? After about 30 seconds, you're like, nope, move on to the next one. I, you guys ever do that? You know, in our culture, you know, you go to YouTube once, and you're just like, oh, nope, I'm done with this in 10 seconds. Move to the next video. Move to the next video. And so, but it's the little things that create a solid team. It's, a, it's the um, little things that create a, a victory. And our walk with God is sometimes super exciting, but our walk with God a lot of times is just those small things. It's just those little things that create that relationship with him, that create the foundation that we have with him. And so I started to, to really look at, you know, what does God say 
about the little things and the small things in our lives. And sometimes it's like, you know, and, and when I'm going through this, every song from the 90s, from every rock band that talked about little things or small things is playing through my head and I'm just like, nope, can't use that as a reference, can't use that as a reference, can't use that as a reference because they're just horrible. I look back at the music, I listen to them like, I would be ashamed of myself. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I started to really look at what God talks about, small things and what little things do in our life to create or destroy. You know, there's there's a certain player in the NBA and um, he had, I can't remember, his free throw percentage was like 0.1%. I mean, he had the worst. If anybody ever remembers Shaquille O'Neal, great player from the Magic and the, uh, and the Lakers, he couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life. Like literally, they w- he would do this, and they had him doing all kinds of different techniques to try to shoot a free throw, but he could not catch a, he could not get a free throw in to save his life. Like, he, it would just like, he used to do one-handed free throws, and he'd do this, and he'd still airball or brick every time. And it's just like he never could, to, uh, never could adjust to get that little thing down. Even though he would practice and he'd practice, he could never get it down. But you see a lot of great players who don't have some of the little things in their life. So they could, they could score with somebody against them, but standing in a line with nobody bothering them, nobody in their face, they could not make a basket. And it made me start to think, it's like, what, what would have happened if they spent more time on the little things? Like, some of these people were scoring champions. How much more would they have scored if they were able to get those things down? And so, diving into the Word, I'm like, okay, God, what are the little things that build up and destroy us? What are the little things that create a lasting foundation in you? And so, I got directed to James. And this is always a, a fun one. So if you guys turn to James 3, if you guys have your Bibles, i got to find it here. James 3. Let's turn to verse 5. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great things. If you read before this, I want you guys to, to read this today. You get Most of you guys have read uh, James 3. It's a pretty short chapter, but it really goes into how our tongue lives or dies. How we as people live or die. So in verse 6 it says, how great, oh excuse me, the rest of verse 5 says, how great a forest is set ablaze with such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set up among our members staining the whole body setting a fire in the entire course of life and set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed but the tongue cannot be that's kind of uh, discouraging so James goes on to tell to tell his readers hey your tongue is a small part of your body. But if you guys know, what does our tongue do? When you're young, exactly, it gets you in trouble. When you're an adult, it gets you in trouble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was starting to, to think about it. I'm like, man, you know, looking back at our children being sassy. You're like, don't be sassy, me. You're like, you know, yeah, when, 
our youngest was um, about maybe two, and she would be a little sassy. Um, she hasn't changed a whole lot. She's just changed the way she is sassy. Um, we would say, if you don't stop that, you're going to get a spanking. She'd be like, eh. If you don't stop that, you're going to go sit in the corner. Eh. We'd sit her in the corner. She'd pick up the chair and throw it at us. Yeah, throw it at her. And, and she would call me, our daughter, your daughter threw a chair at me. <laughs> yeah, she, she would say your daughter. when, when it, And she'd also say, if you don't stop, you're going to get a spanking. When she would pick up the chair, she'd go, eh, smack herself on the butt and then just turn around and walk away. Um, and so strong-willed children, um, you have to deal with them in a certain, situ- in a certain way and a certain style. And... But it was funny to watch the little things that you would do and, and the little things that will say that will get you in trouble. Like you can say, oh, well, I did this today. How many of you guys have lied without even realizing it? And you just, you did it to protect somebody. You're just like, you don't want to, you don't want to hurt their feelings. So you lie to them and you're like, why did I do that? You, we, we do little things without even realizing it because sometimes we don't want to deal with the situation that we're in or say something that's going to hurt somebody's feelings. Um, and yeah, take responsibility for our actions. So we'll say something just to cover it up so we don't hurt somebody's feelings or we don't have to, to dive into the, the deep pit of having to work things out. The tongue is one of the smallest parts of the body, but it can cause the most damage in our lives. Think about it. It can cause the most damage in our lives. You ever had an argument with your spouse? That's a lie right there. <laughs> My wife and I haven't had a good argument in at least a day. We'll start one just to have a good argument to hash it out. I mean, no, it, but you know what? My wife are, and I are kind of like oil and water, but w- we get along most of the time, but when we have very highly different opinions on what's going to happen, it doesn't always go very well. And so, th- some, yeah, it makes it fun sometimes, but sometimes we say things to each other that are hurtful. Sometimes we say things to each other that are like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. It, when it comes out of your mouth and at that moment you're like, why did I say that? Oh my gosh. And then you're like, ah, uh, and you just, they looking at you like, you just said that. And you're like, We've all been there. We've all said those things. We say the hurtful things. We say things we don't mean. Things that cause division in our life and in our family. But James says, he gives us a warning. He says, this is going to happen because your mouth, your tongue is going to get you in trouble because it is sometimes uncontrollable. But there is a way to learn how to control it. Those little things that we say in our relationships, in our, in, our, in our everyday life, can build us up, can build that relationship up with your spouse, your, your children, whatever, or they can tear it apart. One little word with a negative connotation behind it can change the way you have a relationship with somebody. And one little word with a positive behind it can change the way you have a relationship with somebody. You know, the little things will build up or, or tear down the relationship that you have. That goes with our relationship with God. We have to have communication with God. Our, our, our lives have to be an open um, conversation with God. People are like, well, I only talk to God when I need him. Well, 
if we only need him when it's an emergency, we don't really need him. It's just, he's kind of like that. Um, I heard one guy refer to God as, if you call on God only when you absolutely need him, he's like a payday loan. You only need him when you have nothing left. And it's like, oh, I need this. Please give me this. I'll do whatever I do. You guys ever watch the movies and people pray? It's like, hey, God, this is so-and-so. And we don't really talk much, but I could really use this right now. And that's all well and great, and God is listening. But what happens when you don't talk to, like, there was one week where we were so busy, and this is maybe a year ago, we were so busy, we were going everywhere. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was this fall, sorry. Um, It was this fall. We were going everywhere and doing everything. She was busy taking care of family. I was working. We were getting kids back and forth doing stuff. We got in bed one night, and I just looked over and said, hey, how you doing? <laughs> like, I am like, we haven't even talked. It was like Friday night. We were just laying in bed. We were going to bed, and it was like midnight. We're like, how you doing? And that was it, because we'd get in bed. She'd fall asleep, or I'd fall asleep. It was just like, it was crazy. We, ha- we were missing that connection, those little connection points during the, during the week. You guys ever been there? You just like, you, life gets crazy. You're just like, what is going on? And then you're like, I just, I need to connect with you. I need to, to talk with you. I need to have those moments with you. And, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, I were, my dad was one of the first people in the 80s to buy the shoulder-mounted rocket launcher VHS recorder. You know, it was like this big with an extendo microphone and a handle with like a trigger on it. It looked like it'd fire a, a missile off of it. And it had like this side strap with this big VCR thing. And it was like you put the tape in and you push it down and you hit record. Some of the worst video recordings ever. Like, we've got them on DVD now. We had them all transferred to DVD. And, like, camera's all moving around. There's no, no, no image stabilization. And, like, the mic is getting bumped. You're hearing all this. But my dad recorded little things. He recorded the little things in our life. Like, there's, there's moments where we're out playing in the yard. I'm riding a tricycle. I've got my cool BMX bike with like the little reflectors in it and the little padded handlebar so if I smash my face on it it doesn't hurt you know and but he recorded the little things those little things mean a lot sometimes whether it's positive or negative they can mean a lot you know and and I watch those and I'm like oh that is that's cool I remember doing that and you know it's just cool to see those things but my dad wanted to catch those things because my dad didn't have the positive little things in his life he didn't have the positive moments with his, his dad and him doing those things back and forth because there was a lot of negative things that had happened in his life. And so he really desired to do that. And, you, and I, even now, he'll send, he sent my kids this big box of random goodies that he found for Christmas. And he always sends it like a month after Christmas. And he's like, they always get all these presents. He goes, it's kind of cool just to get something 30 days after Christmas. So he always sends it to him like January, you know, end of January. And he sends them just the most random things, like these little rope puzzles or these, like, bent nail puzzles and then, like, two random pillows, you know. He just finds some weird random stuff at, you know, stores and garage sales and stuff like that. And he always sends it to them. And, and you know what? It's always fun because they get to open up this weird big box duct taped up or whatever my dad decides to, to do to it. But it's those little things that, that, that he still desires to have because he wants those little things to be positive. And I think... You know, in our life, we're going to have those negative little things and we're going to have positive little things. But I think as people, we need to, to look at it and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to say at that moment, at that time, that's going to build up? 
that, that's going to enhance that relationship. You know, you know, we were, uh, Sarah and I have told you guys this before, like years ago, I could have had the, the choice of, you know, pretty much making eighty, ninety $90,000 a year or doing what we're doing now. And it was like, okay, God, what are you going to have me do? Like in my heart, I'm like, God, you, I can, I'm not going to have to worry about money. I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, oh, we, we got to do this, got to do this. We won't have to worry about, you know, if the bill's going to be a day behind or whatever like that. And it was like, this is such a great opportunity. It was such a, it was like, okay, I could just, my family would be taken care of. We wouldn't, we'd be fine. And then it was like, on the other hand, it's like, but God, you've called us to this. You've called us to reach people. You've called us to minister to people. And it was like, okay, God, what, what, are, you, what are you doing with this? What do you want me to do? And it, was, it, was a, it wasn't a big decision, but it, the decision would have created big things. And I look at it, and it's like I would have been never home. I would have never seen my daughters. I would have seen my wife and been like, hey, how you doing? But I would have been, they would have been able to buy everything they want. Lana would have like 100 pairs of shoes. And um, <laughs> she's upset about that right now. She's like, what? Why did you not? Uh, she's writing down why I should have taken the job right now. Um, <laughs> but, sh- you know, my kids would have had a lot of good things. They would have had all the cool things. But they would have not had moments. They, the moments that they would have had with me would have been few and far between instead of, God, this is what you're doing, and now I get to, as Lana, she, she laughs at this. She says she doesn't like it, but every night I come into her room and I sit on her bed, and I'm like, what you doing? And she's like, I'm just reading, or I'm just, okay, okay time to tuck you in. So I take the blankets, and I, I around her leg, I go, tuck it, tuck it, tuck it, tuck it. And she says she hates it, but she laughs uncontrollably every time. She's like, Dad, you stop that. I don't like that. And then I keep doing that around her feet, and she continues to laugh. But those moments are what create that. So in 20 years or whatever, she's going to be doing the same thing to her kids, and she'll be like, tuck it, tuck it, tuck it, tuck it. <laughs> But it's, it's, you know, you guys laugh at that, but it's, it's a moment that her and I get to share. And so we get to have those little moments of, of me tucking her in. Like, the first night, the first, like, um, couple times I had to be away from home traveling for work, I was like, I hate this, I'm going home now. Like, I don't get to tuck my kids in, I don't get to, to say goodnight to them, I don't get to kiss them. If they don't get a kiss goodnight, they're like, knock on the wall, Dad. Come give me, come give me a kiss, good night. Come say good night to me. But those little things create a big relationship. But without those little things, it's just a relationship. I want my relationship with my family, my wife, to be a big relationship. You know, we look at what we can do. We, I can say, you know what. You guys ever said anything to your children that you regret saying to your children? Yes. Everybody has done that. You're like, oh, why did I say that to them? Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that to them. Um, But our lives are representations of God. And how we conduct ourselves is what people see of Jesus. How, what we say is what uh, our kids see of Jesus. What we do is what our kids see of Jesus. What we portray in public is what our kids see of Jesus. So 
I can have I have a lot of family that I don't really see like they live in other states we were never really close family like um, my dad's side just like it's like very just kind of float by each other not really have a close relationship and it was a casual relationship it wasn't family when something went on we didn't call them and say hey this is going on can you come take care of the kids or can you come no we didn't do that because we didn't have that relationship with them but our relationship with the father can't be that casual our relationship with the father should be he's the first one we run to the moment it happens instead of calling up six people and saying well guess what happened no you turn to the father immediately and say god this is what's going on I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance in this, whatever situation it is, your kids, your family, you know, whatever you're, you're doing, you need God to be that first turn to. I know a lot of people, as soon as something happens, they're on the phone telling everybody, this is what happened. It's like, why are you calling me? Click, you know, it's like, I don't want to hear it. No, I'm just saying is I don't want to hear gossip. Like, people are like, guess who what this person did? I don't care. It's not my person. If it's my wife or my two girls, then tell me, and I might listen to you. But if it's somebody else, I don't care. It's not my person. I have, we have friends that say to us, just remember, it's not your monkey and it's not your circus. So if it doesn't apply to you, don't care. So, but it's those, it's those passing moments with our family that create a bond with our family. But it's those passing moments with God going by and saying, God, this is what's going on today. This is what I'm dealing with today. This is how I'm think, feeling today. This is what your word is saying to me today. How do I translate your word to apply to my life? You know, our, what we say not just to our family, but to other people will change how they perceive us and how they have a relationship with us. The way we talk to our father will do the same thing. How we talk to our father when we talk to our father will change the relationship we have with him. The more you have a, a, a communication, open line of communication with him, the more he's going to tell you what he's doing. If you've ever had somebody that you talk to on a ra uh, random basis, you know, every now and then you call them and say, oh, hey, how you doing? They catch you up on what's going on. But, you're, it, it, but it's not like you're there. It's not that you're talking every week saying, oh, this is what's going on. This is how we're doing it. A as a church, we're supposed to have an open communication with each other. We're supposed to have a, it's a fellowship. It's a, it's a, a group of people who want to help each other and spend time with each other. And if we don't have communication, we don't know what's going on. If something's going on in your life, we want to know so we can help you. But if we hold it all in and say, okay, this is, I'm just going to stay on, on my own. I'm going to do this on my own. Nothing comes of it. You go through things and you struggle through things without people beside you to take care of you. Trust me, we've gotten some weird calls in the middle of the night and it's like, okay, we've got to go help. We've got to be there. And it's like, why are you calling me at 3 a.m.? Call back in the morning, click, you know. <laughs> Some of them are just like, really, come on. You know, like when teenage boys call you at 4.30 in the morning and wake you up. And, and you know, it's, 
it's things like that. You just like go back to bed. Um, but our relationship has to be has to be a tight knit relationship. And in order to have that relationship, you have to have communication with each other. You have to share time with each other and and have dinner with each other and spend that time because it, it creates a bond. It's those little things of spending time with each other. If we just saw each other once a week, never said anything to each other, do you think we would be that close to, of a church? No. If I, you know, John's my neighbor. If I only saw John once a week and never said a word to him as a neighbor or anything like that, do you think we would have a, a, a relationship? No, we would. It would just like, hey, how you doing? I don't want that. That's not what we created this for. It's not what God has in store for us. It, it's to have a, a relationship with people that is so intimate that when they're going through something, they can call you or text you and say, I'm going through this right now, we need prayer. And we're like, okay, we get people that are going to pray for you right now. So we need those little things. We need those little open lines of communication. Our tongue can build up or destroy. Let's use it to build up. Let's use that, those little moments to build up the relationship we have with our family, friends, and with our Father. The next one is, is faith. So we, we, you guys have heard the, the whole parable of the mustard seed. Well, there's two different sections in, in Matthew that talk about the mustard seed. I'm going to read these to you. Matthew 13, 31 to 32. And the mustard seed, and he says this in verse 31. He says, put another parable before them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard that has a man took to his field, it is the smallest of all seeds, but when it gro is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants, and it becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make their nest in the branches. Think about that. You, you take the smallest of seeds, and what do they do? He plants it in the ground, and it becomes what? It becomes a plant, it becomes a tree, and then the birds of the, of the air nest in its branches. Faith is, is those little things. Faith is that little moment, that little second of your life where it's just like, God, I need this. And you just start to trust God. And you say, God, I'm going through this. And, I, and you trust God to, to bring you out of what you're going through or to bring to you what you're, you need to go through what you're going through. He wants you to do the little things in faith so that your faith can do the big things. Think about it. The mustard seed is so tiny, minuscule, but it grows into a tree. I think it's a representation of, of how we as, when we, are, when we are born again, when we come into the kingdom of God, we're given a portion of faith. That portion is not meant to just be held on to. You, you, uh, if you read the parable of, of the ta talents, you know, you've got three guys and, you know, one guy gets one talent and the master says, go do something with it. Go do, I want you to hold, take care of this while I'm gone. See, the other two servants, they, they do their job and they, they take pretty good care of what the master has given them. Well, the one guy's like, I'm going to just take it and I'm going to hold on to it. And they're not going to do anything with it because, you know what, I'm just going to give it back to him. That way he has what he is, he's given. It doesn't take faith to do that. It doesn't take faith to just say, well, I'm just going to hold on to this and not do anything with it. Faith means that you have to take something and deposit it into and give it to God and say, God, I'm, I'm believing that you're going to do this in my life. And God says, oh, okay, so you're, you're depositing something into the, my 
kingdom. You're depositing something into me. Let me show you what I can do with that. The little moments of faith, when you just believe in God for just peace during a situation, when you're believing God for um, just, you're going through something hard in your God, I just need you to comfort me. I just need you to give me wisdom. I just need you to give me whatever in this little situation that you're going through. No, nothing major. You know, I think so many times we, instead of going to God on a regular basis saying, God, give me wisdom for this, give me peace for this, we go to God only when it gets to a certain point where we're up to here. Do you know what I mean? We get, when we get so close to, uh, to over our head that we can't, then we, we cry out to God. And, and I think crying out to God is, is a natural part of who we are and what he wants us to do is cry out to him when we need help. David did it. You look at the psalm and David's all, yay, I'm good, doing good. And then he's all, oh, I need God. You know, he's, he's all over the map. David was kind of a roller coaster of emotion. But he cried out to God in the big things and he called to God for the little things. Crying out is, is, a, is a very powerful statement that doesn't mean you're just like calling up and saying hey can you do this you're you're calling out it's like help me i need you but i think we need to to invest the mustard seed style the little mustard seed faith right now so when the big things come it's not oh my gosh this is what's happening the mustard seed what it's doing is when you when that mustard seed faith is uh, is being deposited it's growing a foundation of faith that when the big things come, we stand on that and say, oh, by the way, this is not as bad as it looked. Because when you're standing here and looking at the problem, and when you step up here on that foundation of faith, you're looking down at the problem and saying, oh, by the way, my God has got this because I trusted him. You know, I, we, uh, I always encourage people, try, try, try to do little things to trust God. Ask God for the little things. Because when you start to see the little things, you're like, oh, wait a minute. He's going to take care of me in that. He's going to provide that for me. Then he's going to take care of me in the next. And then it just starts to grow. Our faith grows. Our, our believing that God will take care of us, our believing that God will, will do what he says he's going to do, that he is faithful no matter what the situation is, no matter how we're struggling, he's going to be faithful. It starts to build that foundation. It starts to build that trust and that faith in him that he is going to do what he says he's going to do. That he is who he says he is. Faith starts with the little things. Matthew 17, 20 says, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. It's the little things that we do that increase to become the big things. Like I said about relationships, it's those little conversations with our wife, it's those little conversations with the people we love that create the big relationship. You know, you, you can, you know, you, you look on Facebook, you look in TV, and there's always these advertisements for everything, how to, to be better at this and how to be better at that. that. And it, it really, it starts with just the little things. You can go to a six-week course on how to be, have a better marriage, but unless you put those things into practice, it's not going to change. Well, I went to this course. My marriage is not better, but I haven't done anything with it. No, <laughs> it's, it's simple. You, you take the little things, you do the little things, and sometimes we forget those little things. 
We get in the routine of walking with God, but we forget about believing for the things that we're going through, what we need. We forget about, you know, oh, well, I need to have an open line of communication with God. When we look at God as a father, he desires to know about the little things in our lives too. He wants to know the small things. He knows everything, but what it is is he wants that communication with us. He wants us to say, God, I've got a decision to make or the family's going through this. What, what do I do with this? I have a choice to make. I have um, whatever. And it's like, God, what are you doing in this time? What do you want me to, to know? It's, God, I need, I just need wisdom for this. I need faith for this. But it has to, we have to tell him. You ever had a relationship where you don't communicate with each other? It doesn't work out too well. You, the other one doesn't know what the other one's doing. And so God knows what we're going through already, but he wants us to tell him because he wants to say, hey, let me show you how I'm going to take care of this. God wants us to communicate with him so he can say, hey, by the way, I've got this. Just let me take care of it. He wants us to take those moments with him because it will change us. A moment with God is better than... 1200 hours listening to somebody tell you how to have a better marriage or have a better family or whatever it is. Just a moment with God giving you wisdom for the situation you're in is better than listening to 100,000 people tell you how to do something. God can give you exactly what you need at the moment you need it, but all we have to do is ask him. He wants those moments with us because they're going to change us. Those moments where we're by ourselves praying and saying, God, I just, for, you know, taking that, that two minutes just to pray and say, God, I just really need this right now. There's times at work where I'm on the phone and I'm just like, Jesus, please help me now. I just need <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, I, I'm not angry with the person, but it's just like something inside of me. It's like, I'm missing something, God, right now. I need it. It's usually empathy. <laughs> so I'm like, God, just give me, give me empathy, answer some sympathy for them. Um, and, you know, because the natural in me says, this is stupid, you know. <laughs> but I don't say that. I, I try to have the love of Christ when I'm on the phone and be like, no, this is not your fault that the computer broke down, even though it might be their fault the computer broke down. And I'm just like, it's okay, we'll take care of it. But it's, it's those times where you call out to God and say, God, I just need this right now. Just give me your peace. Give me your wisdom. You know, God created us to have a perfect relationship with him. He created, the only reason he created us was to have a relationship with him. Yeah, Adam and Eve screwed it up a little. Um, you know, Eve blamed it on the serpent, and then Adam's like, that woman you gave me did it. Um, I think I'm going to use that excuse. And people are like, what's going on? That, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My wife's about ready to come after me. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, I would never do that because... She's so beautiful and lovely, and she does nothing wrong ever. If you guys don't see me next week, come look for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My wife knows when I'm joking, because then I usually um, say I'm sorry really quickly after that. <laughs> oh, okay. And where was I? Uh, a little bunny trail there. 
All right. So those little moments with God. Sorry, I got to cover my tracks here. Um, those little moments with God, when we don't spend those little moments with God, we're losing out on those big moments with him. When we were kids, we had this Christmas puzzle. My dad bought it when I was probably five. And he made this um, board, and it had little lip on it all the way around, and we would do the puzzle in there, and he made it. And then on the opposite side, we play, uh, it had little lines through, and we played the match game. So all the cards could sit in their own little spot, and we could play the match game on it. So he made this little thing. So we would have this board. Christmas time, we'd flip it over, and we'd do the puzzle in it. And then, you know, after Christmas, we'd play the match game in the in the little thing. I learned how to cheat at that uh, when I was a kid. Um, I'll explain it to you later. Um, but we had this puzzle, and we just every year we would do it. it's this Christmas scene you know that those those cheesy Christmas puzzles you see at Walmart and on the online and stuff like that but we would do it and then one year we were doing it and you know we would we'd always what do they tell you work on the edges first and then work towards the middle so we we were doing the puzzle working on the edges and literally we were we're getting close to done and like there's like you know this spot about this big we get close and we're like there was one piece missing, and it wasn't on the edge. It wasn't on the, the, the you know, the corner or whatever. It was like, like almost dead center. Middle, I mean, and this is like a this puzzle, like this big, this wide. And it's like right dead center. It's like you you have to notice it, and there's no you know making up for it. We're like looking for it. We're looking for it. The dog had eaten it, and we found found a piece of the end of it chewed off, and like it's sitting in the house. We're like, but the thing was never complete after that. It is like this. There's no reason to have this because the the piece is missing. And sometimes our lives are like that. Sometimes we think we have everything, and there's this one little piece, and God's like, "I have that piece for you. All you need to do is just look for it." It's not like finding where's Waldo because those are the worst things ever. But God's like, "I just have that one piece. I have that one piece for you because where's Waldo? I hate that." Somebody gave me a Where's Waldo one thing when I was a kid. I just threw it away after like a day. I'm like, I can't find Waldo. I'm like, but that puzzle, God gives you that puzzle. And if that piece is missing in our lives, he's got, he has that answer. He has that piece that's going to fill that. Sometimes in life we ignore the little fi- things. We ignore the little signs. We think if we ignore it, it'll just go away. It doesn't work that way. We see the signs and we're not quite ready or willing to change it or work on it but we have to embrace those little things we have to embrace those because they complete the picture they complete that puzzle you know that puzzle just got set off in the in the storage room for years and it finally got thrown away but i think sometimes when we don't have something we throw it all away because we don't have that one little piece. And it's like, nope, I'm just getting rid of it all. But it's like, God's like, if you had just taken the time to, to, to talk with me and spent the time in prayer, and spent the time to have a conversation with me, and it doesn't have to be some super, you know, thousandies and, and weird prayer. It just be a conversation with while you're driving down the road. Like, God, I just need this right now. What do you have for me? I'm really struggling with this, or I really need this in my life. We have to embrace those little things to complete the picture. We have to embrace those little things to make it a whole. Because without those little things, the big things don't aren't complete. 
James says in, it's James 1, says, My fellow believers, when it seems that, that you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an un- invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things, and then, excuse me, and then your endurance grows even stronger. It will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. Those little pieces of the puzzle complete us. Those little times with God complete us until we're lacking nothing and we are complete. Our faith is just a, is a, is a highway for that. Our faith is just a, a, a lane for that to come through. So when we have faith, God's just saying, hey, when you feel like you can't, you're going through something, just call out on me. But what happens is it stirs something up in us. And that when, when it happens the first time, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is, God, what did you just do? Like, I, you know, I, I, this just happened. And then it's like, oh, this, it becomes a lifestyle of seeing God work in your life, seeing God move, and seeing miracles, and seeing God change you, and seeing God work in your life. And it's like, it finally just becomes a lifestyle of God's just there. I'm always talking to him. I'm always moving. He's moving with me. You know, sometimes I think we, we leave Jesus in the, somewhere and we go and do what we need to do. And then we come back and say, well, you know, I didn't really have a, he's like, just take me with you. I think sometimes we go into situations and we don't take God with us. And there's a peace missing. And it's like, I don't have peace about this or I don't have joy in the situation and God's like well you didn't bring me into the situation you didn't allow me to have input into the situation I mean he, he created the universe he created us he sent his son to die for us and I think he's going to have enough wisdom to, to speak into the little situations that we have you know what I mean yeah. like we ha- our, our, our fiascos and our big things are like God's just like yeah he can create the universe he can give us wisdom for the situations we're in he can give us peace in the situations that we're going through in the trials that we're going through but james says what does it do it stirs up something in it count it joy when we're going through this because we can rely on our father to give us wisdom that when he gives us wisdom it's going to complete us it's going to create perfection let's pray